Final hour of Canuck Central, Dan Richo and Satyar Shah. We've got a mailbag edition uh, of, uh, well, it's a draft week mailbag edition, a special mm-hmm. mailbag. We we uh, we realize that um, with the way the week works, we have overrated, underrated tomorrow. Um, we have the first round of the draft. We're broadcasting. Yep. And we'll be on live on Thursday, and we're we are here live for day two. So there is no place to put the mailbag outside of today. And we said we can't skip the mailbag on no. the biggest week on the off season calendar. Got to have the mailbag. Got to do it. Got to. So uh, you prompted people for their questions earlier today. We've got a ton. We've had more come in during the course of the program. If you're tuning in on the podcast just for the mailbag, well, you might want to listen to the other ones. From earlier today. Hour one of the podcast today, going through what should Bo Horvat's next contract look like? What's the latest with JT Miller? And could Tyler Myers really be traded as the speculation continues to ramp up around him? In hour number two, we did a full mock draft of the first 15 picks in the NHL entry draft, including what the Canucks will do at 15. Plus, Lauren Kelly joined us to talk about some of the prospects that may be available at 15 on Thursday for the Vancouver Canucks. All right, let's get to your questions for us here on Canuck Central. It's the mailbag. We've got producer Josh Elliott-Wolf. I'm still here. Ooh, so exciting. Still looking like uh, Yarmo Kikalainen. <laughs> no, I can't shake it anymore. <laughs> I have to shave my head. He's bald. He right. is bald, yes. Okay, perfect. You, but you have uh, like very a, finish as well. But you have like a full head of hair. Yeah. No. Do, are you it, balding it would take at all? A lot of commitment. Are you at all like thinning? I'm, I'm a little worried. Are you okay at the top here in the front? But I think that happened a couple years ago, and mm. now it's kind of stagnated. You, I know Ben Turns not worried. No. No, I'm okay right now. He's, he's good. He's got he's got some luscious locks over. Yeah, he's I got, got like the little fro going. I like it. I feel you, Josh. Like I, I still got a pretty strong head of hair, but the the hairline has definitely gone to a place that's not not the best. <laughs> it's concerning. <laughs> we all we all got to take a trip to Turkey. We all know the best hair in the studio is Seth. <laughs> yeah. Every day it looks like he got a haircut. A trip well to done. Turkey of all places. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you know, not every day, but I am pretty like strict on my haircuts. But you're right. Turkey's like all the rage. People go to Turkey for like. Yeah, dental stuff for cosmetic. It's yeah. all the cosmetic stuff, right? Yeah, I'm not sure why. Haven't looked into it, but it's the it's the hot spot for it. Okay, questions. Apparently, far cheaper than anything that gets charged here. So, uh, not we, that I've looked into it already. <laughs> <laughs> we will start with uh, Sat's favorite fan base. Yes, uh, Devils Insiders asks, oh. why is all of the Canadian media trying to have the Devils <laughs> surrender? Yes, for Brad. Oh, it's it's terrific. And the best part is, it's not Canadian media. It was Frank Saravalli. Yeah, Frank. Frank had a had a scoop. He shared it, and we talked about it. Yeah, it's it's not the most outlandish thing to think Jasper Bratt could be the key piece in yeah. the JT Miller trade for the New Jersey Devils. And I outlined it yesterday. I don't know if the fit makes sense. And for months, I've been you know ever since in, ever since the second overall pick went through Jersey, we've talked about this. I've been kind of saying I don't know if it makes sense for them to trade a second overall pick for JT Miller. So um, I think it's an American thing more than anything. And Devils fans just need to exhale. Definitely would have made more sense had they not won the lottery. Yes. Uh, uh, Malcolm, which fan base is more easily triggered, the Rangers or the Devils? Seems ha- like the Devils. I'd say the Devils because they literally got mad over nothing. I don't know. We had the we had oh, the Rangers right. thing a while ago too, remember? They're but nasty. 
Yeah, they're mean. They'll beat you up like you saw the the, the <laughs> Bolts fan get knocked yeah. out. Well, they are they are New Yorkers, so New York. They, they come with that territory, New Yorkers. All right, so we'll move on to actual questions now. Uh, five Canucks thoughts: Does Miller get them the return they want, or do they settle for less? Well, they're going to have to eventually take something if they don't sign him. So. Yeah, I, I do think they probably do end up taking less than what they want to take. If yeah. they know they're not going to sign him, they're not going to. It's not going to be a bad deal. I think it'll be a decent con, uh, trade. I'm just not sure they're going to get their big ask. I do believe they have offers that are fair on the table right now. But are they going to get uh, a next level offer over the next couple of weeks? Are they going to get the knock your socks off offer over the next couple of weeks? It's kind of the poker game that they're playing right now. Teams are wondering. You know, are you just going to take something because you eventually figure out that JT Miller isn't going to re-sign there? That's that's kind of what's developing right now with the Canucks. But look, they're not taking a terrible package for JT Miller. They're still getting a really good one uh, if they do end up trading. Discount Dracula, if the Canucks by some chance do get New Jersey's number two pick, does the, does the 15th pick become part of the package? If you're I, getting the second pick? Yeah. I would think so. I think if you're if you're making a pick for the second, if you're making a trade with New Jersey for the second overall pick, and it, and it involves JT Miller, yeah. there would have to be some pick involvement. I would probably want the 15th overall pick, which makes it a bigger deal because all of a sudden, 15th and JT is too much for just a second overall pick. Yeah. So what else are we doing here? What well, else are you giving up there? Yeah. Um, I just don't see a player on the Canucks that makes sense for the Devils to give up the net number two pick for. Unless the 15th overall pick would be involved. So in that uh, extreme hypothetical trade land that Discount Dracula is living in, I would say yes as well. Uh, Minor Matt, we're just going to throw a question, but it works with what we're talking about. Miller and the 15th for Bratt and the second, and second second round pick. And the second, Miller and 15th for Bratt and second. Second overall. Bratt and the second for For Miller and the 15th. Probably too much. No. You probably have to throw in something else to do that. But then it gets too big, the trade, and it gets complicated. They would also, like, New Jersey would have to be very confident that they're not able to sign Pratt. Yeah. And, like, realistically, they would just get more else. Yeah. Uh, Leo, over under on how many Canucks trades we see by the end of the draft. Well, I'm I'm not going to set it high. I'll set it at... um, One and a half? It has to be higher than a half. Yeah, it, it can include minor trade, yeah. even pick swaps. So one point is one point five too low. I mean, there's probably going to be one point s- five would have to be some juice though. Because like, you're yeah. paying minus minus one ten, minus twenty. Yeah, because I think that there's a chance they make at least one trade, which is going to be minor. Like it'll be like round six or seven, something small. You know, I mean, that stuff happens. So I think one trade you can promise. Yeah, I think there'll be two trades. One point five. Okay, let's set, let let's be. Uh, Let's be conservative. 1.5. Cool. I'll I'm take going, the over. I'm taking the over. I'm going three. Three? Well, let's right. get crazy. Should we set it at two and a half then? <laughs> uh, might be too high. T, uh, how many first round picks will the Canucks make this year? One. Ooh. This year, just one. Yeah. This year, just one. What about in future years? <laughs> <laughs> well, that wasn't the question. <laughs> I think it's um, just, you know, me thinking about it. 
if they do end up trading Miller or that level of player, I think the first round pick ends up being next year. Well, unless it is Washington, like Elliot's been talking about. Elliot keeps saying Washington and New York. Teams to keep an eye on with um, JT Miller and Vancouver. I get Washington like wants Miller. I just don't I don't see a package that makes sense for the Canucks. I, I, I don't necessarily disagree, but there is a way for you to build one out. If you have the first round pick... If they are willing to trade, say, you know, Connor McMichael, one of those guys, and one of their young defensive prospects the Vancouver Canucks may like, I think there's a way for it to be interesting. I'm, I'm not sure it stands out to us, though, looking at it. You know what I mean? It comes down to your internal evaluation of the young defenseman Washington have. Venn diagram. If these players are all available for the Canucks at 15, who do you think they take? Ogren, Matejchuk, Mintikov, Lambert or Osland? Mintikov. Yeah, the difference here would be uh, Mintikov and Matejchuk compared to our mock draft from earlier. And you think it would be Mintikov? My guess would be right now would be Mintikov. That if of all those players you mentioned, same again? Ogren, uh-huh. Matejchuk, yeah. Mintikov, uh-huh. Lambert, mm-hmm. and Osland. Yeah, my guess out of that group would be Mintikov. It's hard to pass on Mintikoff. Yeah. Do you? I, I know need isn't necessarily the feeling that the Canucks will uh, take into the draft with fifteenth overall, but Mintikoff does have a bit of a uh, roadblock with Quinn Hughes as the top hot shot offensive defenseman here in Vancouver. Then, of course, OEL here signed for a long time. I still think Mitikoff, best player available, would be uh, would be the pick there. All right. Next question comes from Mirror Mirror. Do Canucks value drafting a center or defenseman more this week? Would they only secondary question? Would they only look at free agent signings for goalie prospects? So after the draft, picking up a goalie. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Vancouver does draft a goalie. Yeah. Because this year, it doesn't look like a goalie is going to get drafted in the first round. Heck, depending on who you talk to, some don't even think a goalie goes in the second round this year. So if you're looking at the goalies this year being in that third, fourth, middle round range, there might be a guy Vancouver does like. Because they don't have a ton. You know, like Di Pietro and Silovs, I don't think they lo- they love both long term. is going to be one. Kotskin Vuau still has to go to Harvard next season. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they do draft a goalie at some point. I feel like they've drafted a goalie uh, pretty much every year, except for that one year that they drafted all forwards. <laughs> yeah. Where they didn't draft any defensemen. Um, but uh, th- they'll probably take a goalie, um, and they've been pretty good at taking goalies in the draft, as we've seen uh, in the Ian Clark era. Charlie, is there an Olia Levy-type mistake that the club could make at 15? And if so, who would that be? Oh, man. Okay. Korchinski. Okay, flame me some. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't even mean this as a... The, the thing with Ulevi was, let's be fair about Ulevi. If Ulevi doesn't have any injury problems, does he maybe turn out to be a second-pair defenseman? Or a third? Who knows, right? I mean, yeah. but a lot of injuries, like three years in a row, that really set it's him so back. hard. Like, I have this, like, memory of Ole Ulevi being so good in that World Junior Tournament, and then everything we saw here in Vancouver. It's like w- completely different. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, I don't want to rehash him too much, but we have to do, we have to allow that there were some unforeseen circumstances that happened that prevented him to reach his potential. Maybe also him not working hard enough, potentially whatever. Yeah. But 
the reason I say Korchinski is because there is big time bust potential here. Like he's very talented. There's a lot to like about his game. There's a reason he may go high, but like Alistair was mentioning, he gets sheltered. Yeah. If you're getting sheltered playing <laughs> in the WHL, I, that's a problem. I would say that's different from Ulevi, though, personally. Like, Ulevi seemed like a safe pick with yeah. low upside. Where no, it- I mean, yes, I get what you're saying, but his draft year, people actually thought Ulevi had the highest upside offensively because of his work on the power play and how he moves the puck. They right. thought, okay, maybe not the fastest guy, some, some issues here and there, but projection-wise, and we can talk to... Um, Shane Malloy at some point about it, but like people looked at Yulevi and said, if you're looking at pure point production, he's probably the guy that gets you the most points. And he was nowhere near that. Uh, the player I would say is Connor Geeky. Yeah, he, that's a good one. He seems risky. He, yeah. Like, you know, has a lot of the tools and the traditional things you'd like to see. Big, strong, center. But doesn't skate all that well, and I, I don't know how much he's going to score at the NHL level. I think there'll be better players than Connor Geeky available at 15. Is Brad Lambert in that conversation as well? The uh, tools and not the toolbox, or Oof. is that that's kind of? Different. I mean, I'd rather they take Lambert than Geeky. So mm-hmm. fair enough. Uh, TJ, what are your thoughts on Canucks potentially adding a player like Colin White, since he is on waivers for the purpose of a buyout? What kind of player is he? And what role would he have with the Vancouver Canucks? I think he was miscast after he got the big contract to potentially be their second-line center for a lot of years. Never really projected that way. Um, He had the 40-point season. Yeah. And then he just had a bunch of injuries that derailed all of his development. But he's in his mid-20s. Is a right shot. Feels like a guy that could play third line center should he find his game again so I, I don't think he's necessarily going to end up on the Canucks but I think it would be a smart bet for a team to take that maybe he's just on a show me deal next year and potentially brings value on that yeah I mean as long as it's cheap it has one to be year cheap. like I it mean, has to be cheap whatever uh one from the text line here Tim which Pittsburgh players will Patrick Alvin target? Gives a few examples. Oli Mata, Evan Rodriguez, or Zach Aston Reese. Um, all Pittsburgh and all Swedes. Out of those uh, players, my guess would be um, I think Zach Aston Reese actually could be a. You could do two on that because Aston Reese is probably not going to demand a lot. Had a tough year, didn't play a ton. You know, not a huge production in his career. You're not talking about a lot of money for him. So I think you can pick him up on a cheap deal. Evan Rodriguez is interesting. I really like Evan Rodriguez. And I think, uh, I mean, I wonder if management does. Let me just put it that way. (laughs) I just don't know if they're going to be willing. The problem with Evan Rodriguez is he scored so much that the money is the issue here. You know, does somebody pay him too much? Same thing with Kopp and same thing with Pilat. Yeah. He was, uh, you know, every year kind of a guy that teams were looking at. Uh, be like, he's got great underlying numbers, but it never really translated. And then last year, it just all hit. Um, I would say Evan Rodriguez. But if the number gets to be more than $4 million, then I'm I'm scared away. So, Next one from Ray. Josh Anderson for Connor Garland, question mark. Why would Montreal do that, though? <sighs> I mean... I mean, Montreal... Well, here, here is a one-factor reason you would do it. Garland is younger. Garland has been more productive. Yeah. Garland makes slightly less money. Yeah. 
That's and three reasons. You know, so there's a few reasons why you could do it. And if you look at it analytically, Garland was pretty good. Yep. I mean, I, hey, I love Connor Garland. Yes. <laughs> I'm number one in the Connor Garland. Yeah, I know, fan, I know fan you base. love him. Um, I mean, is it good for Vancouver even? Are, are you better making that swap? And I'm not even like, I like Garland, but I, you know, I was, you know, I talked about his fit here long term and everything, but. Considering all the things that Josh Anderson brings, speed, size, physicality, goal scoring, but he doesn't stay healthy, and he's not an all-around producer. The reason I say why would Montreal do that is I assume Montreal is trading Josh Anderson for some level of futures. Yeah. Um, If they're going to go down the rebuild road, Connor Garland doesn't really fit that, but I don't love Josh Anderson as a player. Like I think there's a lot of things that... Pop when you watch him, the speed, the size, when he's playing well and he's going hard to the net, he's a tough guy to stop. But how often do you see that player? Yeah. He, he doesn't do it every game. He doesn't do it night in, night out. People want him to be the next Tom Wilson, but I. when are we going to see that guy consistently? Because mm-hmm. we haven't yet. And he's already, what, 28 years old? No, I'm good. Last Canucks question. What do you see as a as a successful season for next year, realistically? Playoffs. Like, if you're thinking of a simple way to look at it, successful year would mean getting into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They want to remain competitive. They want to be a playoff team. I feel we should judge them on that. Yeah, I think it is. I think it has to be playoffs next season, especially if you don't tra- like. Let's let's say yeah. you're keeping most of the core. Yeah, like if you're coming back next season with Horvat, Besser, and Miller, I don't care what else you do. Like even if you trade, you know Myers or Pearson or whatever, and have some cap space. But if you come back with those three guys, mm-hmm. you got to be a playoff team next season. Because why are you banking on bringing all these guys back and then saying, yeah, well the playoffs isn't our goal? Like you can't bring all everybody back. And then not expect playoffs. And what's the bar here if that's not the case? They've all said, we want to get better. So the way you get better is you get to the playoffs. They might they have some difficult moves to make. I'm not saying everybody should be fired if they don't make the playoffs next year. But I would say making the playoffs uh, would be a successful season for the Canucks next season. All right, moving on. Silver and Black Canuck over to the NFL. Oh, shocking. Yeah, who would have thought? Uh, top five teams being slept on in the NFL this season. Oh, boy. Um, top five teams being slept on. Well, not the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, no, <sighs> definitely not, unless you ask Andrew Locke. Locke. Um, I'd say my you see how, like, U.S. tennis was ripping? Yeah, that's what I'm Seahawks. getting at. <laughs> and That's a new low. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. He's like not a sport for for a, for a fan who's going to watch Drew Locke play quarterback for seventeen yeah. games. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's a good reply. That's rough. But Drew Locke had a pretty like he he responded to it on Twitter. Had some fun with it. Yeah. Took it in stride. It was good. All right, uh, I'll name a few teams. Uh, my Cleveland Browns, even with without Deshaun Watson, if he gets suspended all year, which could happen and would be completely justified, I still think the Browns can make the playoffs. They have a good team. And with Jacoby Brissett, with Jacoby Brissett, they can still win ten games and get in. I, I think they can do it. So, so I think I think they're being slept on. The Colts are hundred percent being slept on. I think the Eagles as well. And uh, you know what? 
I'll I'll throw silver silver and black Canuck a bone. The Raiders and the Patriots. Uh, the the Raiders were going to be my pick because Kansas City, Los Angeles, and Denver. Like that that entire AFC West is great, but everybody's just discounting the Raiders. I think the Raiders finish above the Broncos this year. Sorry, Russ. Maybe that's a bias on me. Yeah. I think that might I be a bias why you on me. Think that the Broncos will finish last in the Yeah, division. why why will the Broncos be bad? Um the uh the other team I think that is being slept on right now is uh is also the New England Patriots. Yeah. I think people are really looking at the Dolphins after they got Tyreek Hill and uh, you know, they got Teron Armstead. Maybe they fixed the the, the offensive line. They've still got a bad quarterback who can't throw the ball downfield. So uh, the New England Patriots, people keep sleeping on them every year. Book the book the Patriots for nine wins. I, I do, I'm with you. Like I think Mac Jones is getting like a lot of that. People are like, well, how good is Mac Jones anyways? It's like, he had a good rookie season. Yeah. Like, why are we down on Mac Jones? He had a good rookie season. He can get better. He did exactly what the team expected of him last year, and now they're going to add a little bit more to his game, and he's just going to get better. You know what it is? It was because they got washed by the Bills in the playoffs. Yeah. That's why. I'd throw a, I'm going to throw a couple at you, and they're not... The like, Minnesota Vikings. No. Oh. I don't think they're being slept on. I think they're going to be worse than people expect <laughs> next year. Uh, the Detroit Lions, I think, are going to be better than what people expect. I think they have a really So, like, good what's a good year for the Lions? Like, 500? 500. Like yeah, eight, that's actually eight not and bad. 7-10? Seven and, seven you know what? Yeah. If they go 8-8, eight and eight, or sorry, eight, eight and nine. even 8-9 or 9-8 and eight somehow... Yeah. that's. I'm not saying they're making the playoffs, but yeah. they're being... They're they're going to be an average team. Same with the Washington Commanders. I would throw Ooh. in. There. Yeah, the only problem with uh, Detroit is just quarterback. Yeah, that's what. That's I was the only problem, say. you know. They but have a good team, but Jared Goff. I I'd say eight wins is her ceiling. You know, if you're getting spicy, nine. But eight, I'd say eight is her ceiling. If they get an eight and eight season, man, you got to throw Dan Campbell some coach of the year votes. Mm-hmm. Or eight and nine season even. Uh, all right, another football question, Vicky. If you had to put a bet down today. <laughs> Who will be playing in the Super Bowl next year? All right. Uh, I know what Vicky is fishing for. I'll go with it. The Chiefs. It's hard yeah. not to. In the AFC. Right I still put the Chiefs in the AFC. Um, in the NFC? The Giants. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? No, I'm kidding. I mean, you know what? It's hard to get back there again for the Rams, so I'll say the Bucks. But the Rams, like... Allen Robinson and Matt Stafford. I know. It's just hard to get back. It's so hard to get back. You know? And if you get back, it's hard to win. You know, back-to-back years. Who won back-to-back years recently? Yeah. I'll say, uh... I'll say the Packers and the Chargers. Uh, I was going to say the Chargers and the Ravens. Mm. Just being bold. You know, Ravens, uh, interesting. They have a... They're always sneaky... And they had a sneaky good draft again. <laughs> Go wonder. <laughs> Go figure. The Ravens did something good at football? Uh. Uh, last question. Discount Dracula. What is the best packaged pasta you can buy with no expense spare? Best what? Packaged pasta. Packaged pasta. 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 So as in like it's, like it's already done, well, ready, you like, throw it in the oven or whatever? Well, it's like... You buy it in a box and then you make it yourself kind Ooh. of thing. You're not making fresh pasta. 
I don't know, like, sometimes you go to, like, uh, I don't want to call any grocery stores out, but the expensive grocery stores. Mm-hmm. And they'll have, like, a box of pasta for, like, seven or eight bucks. I'm like, what? What? What is this? Because it's organic or something? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not, I, I don't buy that stuff. No, honestly, like, if you're looking for something easy, like the classical ones, they're, they're cheap, they're fine. Yeah. They have the word classic in them for a reason. They're fine. Oh, are we talking about the pasta sauce? May as well. I mean, that, that's what I'm, oh. I, I don't even know anything about well, all pasta, pasta noodles. noodles. I feel like it's the same everywhere. <laughs> no, it's not, actually. It's, <laughs> that is definitely a lie. Like, if I'm going cheap, I'm probably going Barilla, and uh, if I'm going a little bit fancier, I'll go with the Ducheco ones. Barilla's so. just fine. Yeah. Two bucks. That's my brand. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Unless you get fresh pasta. That's different. Yeah. Anyways, but it, Barilla's uh, legit. But don't buy, like, don't buy the ready-made pasta sauces. It's so easy to make it at home. Like, it literally takes the same amount of time. Uh, last question. We will end on this. Dan, are you getting a Drew Locke jersey? <laughs> I uh, I most definitely will not. Probably not. Hey, I don't have a Seahawks jersey, but my first is going to be Drew Locke. I'm going to get you a fan 12 one. Oh, man. That's that's, that's perfect. That's perfect for Dan. No, that's that's, that's your brand now. You're, uh, you're 12. You can find them, too, being resold all the time. So you can get it cheap. Shocker. Especially now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd, I'd Like, DK Metcalf I'd take. Sure. <laughs> For the next uh, year that he's going to be a Seahawk before he gets traded, yeah. If you the the player you get is going to get traded, absolutely within a year, no matter who it is. Uh, all right, that's the mailbag. We do it every Friday and a Tuesday before the draft. That's that's when we do the mailbag. This Friday we probably won't be doing it because. We have wall-to-wall coverage yep. of the NHL Entry Draft Day 2. Well, Day 2, um, we'll see how long we're going to be on air for. We are starting at 9 a.m. Yeah. And I think the plan is for us to go till 1. Yes. Noon 1-ish. And then uh, no matter what, I think we'll pass it off at 1. Yeah, 1 people show is taken over at 1. No matter what. So if, the draft should be done, but we've seen the Day 2 go a bit longer recent years. Now, the draft is not being done remotely, so I would imagine... It doesn't go too long, but we'll be here from 9 to 1 on uh, Friday for day two of the draft. On Thursday, well, until the first round's over, whenever that is, we'll be on air. Uh, From 3 o'clock to uh, whatever time the draft finishes, the first round of the draft finishes on Thursday. I can't believe we are now two sleeps from the draft. I am so excited. Just a couple more sleeps until JT Miller's traded. Uh, I wouldn't be so sure. (laughs) Uh, We'll see. All right. Uh, We're closing out the show. Final segment is next on Canuck Central.